Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 294, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by practicalherbalist.com. Get info on plants and plant medicine that's supported by science and tradition at thepracticalherbalist.com. We make herbalism practical and easy. Thepracticalherbalist.com. Mud Pod Design House. Do you have a website? Are you happy with its traffic? The answer is no. Get a free website SEO audit from Mudpod Design at mudpodesign.com slash free dash SEO dash audit. The intersection between the plants and modern medicine is both practical and spiritual. The plants know how to manifest the spiritual in powerful and deeply healing ways. Today we're talking with Don Laska Tamerdal, RN, Master Herbalist, Registered Herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild, owner of Don's Enchanted Garden, and author of The Enchanted Garden, A Spiritual Herbal About Tapping into Blended Healing, Nature of the Plants. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Dawn, welcome back. Hi, nice to be here. The last time we talked, we ended rather abruptly, as far as I was concerned, Patrick, <laughs> talking a little bit about, we start, we just began to tap into the idea of incense as a medicine. And that really, I mean, that really got me thinking about how I use incense very regularly for very spiritual reasons, but that they're also having, it would be having a physical effect as well. And I, I decided I, we, we had to get back and talk with you some more about that and the many other ways that plants, the spiritual nature comes through. Yeah. So, so, so tell me, tell me about this, this incense and your digestion. Tell me about this. Yeah, so, you know, herbs, as you know, have medicinal properties. They also have spiritual properties. And, you know, they're not unaligned. So if you look at the medicine, the, the, the chemicals in the plants, they cause certain reactions, right? So those reactions can be ingested through oral. They can be put on through topical. They can be, um, in, well, you don't want to inject them, but you could for some of them. Um, there's things that you can do, but you can also burn incense. Yes. And you could still get the properties of the plants, especially for lung issues mm-hmm. that you would never even think about using. It also works in the GI tract because if you think about it, your lungs and your esophagus are just a giant set of tubes. Yeah. So if you inhale it through your nose, it's going to go into your esophagus as well. And into your stomach. So yes, you can do healing through incense. That is pretty amazing. I mean, to me, it seems like a no-brainer that, of course, aromatherapy works partly because we've been taught that for years now, and that it can have soothing effects on not just your muscular skeletal system and not just your nervous system, but also digestion and circulatory. And I mean, it's all connected, right? Mm-hmm. But it just never occurred to me that incense could do that too. <laughs> well, think about it. It's like a moxa sticks. You know, yeah. Chinese medicine, they use moxa sticks. Yeah. Moxa is mugwort. Yeah. So yes. you use mugwort sticks, and you can, you know, if you have a, a wound or a bruise or a, a, an area of stagnation, you can just take that warm stick of mugwort and, you know, wave it like a magic wand around the area. No particular fashion or form, just push it around and you actually are moving stagnation. It's is that pretty. magic or is that medicine? Hmm. And that, and that's exactly why I was like, we got to call Dawn because you know yeah. all about the intersection of magic and medicine. 
Yes, it's, it's quite fun because when you realize how easy it is to create change like that, yeah, it just kind of all blends together and it's, it's helpful in so many ways, even if people don't believe in the spiritual side of the plant. That is true. And I, I've seen, there are some friends that I've had or people that I've known who have strong Christian beliefs and values are very strong churchgoers. And I've seen them be troubled by the questions. They're not troubled by using herbs. That's fine for, you know, their medicine. But as soon as you talk about anything that even smacks of spiritualism, they kind of freak out and back away as if it's scary. And I mean, my own approach to it is, well, you know, incenses use incense or churches use incense, you know, incense and, and, and herbs are a part of, you know, biblical lore and all of that. So the plants, yeah, the plants are here and, you know, within that context, God put them here for you to enjoy. Right. I mean, but when you step beyond the confines of any religion, there's a lot there's a lot that you can explore with the plants. Right. Yeah, there is a lot you can, you can do. I remember the story one of my Native American elder uh, friends and mentors taught me was that the, um, the bear, the, the plant people were the first people on the earth, right? So yeah. they, on the turtle's back, the plant people grew. Then the animal people came, right? Yep. And then the humans came. And they said they had a conference, the, the bear, the, the, the animal people and the plant people. So they got together and they had a conversation. What are we going to do with these poor defenseless creatures? They don't have claws. They don't have the ability to make their own food. They, you know, they're, they're hairless. They have no, you know, no defense mechanisms. So the, the animal people said, well, we're just going to kill them off and get rid of them because they're in our way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the plant people said, no, I'm going to take care of, we're going to take care of these people. So a sacred, um, a sacred pact was made that the plant people would always take care of the human people. Yeah. And so that is something that, you know, even though someone may not believe in the spirituality, the connection has been there since the beginning. Whether that story was made up, you know, a thousand years ago or five years ago, it doesn't matter. Right. The connection is always been there. Yes. Is that magic or is that medicine? It's, it could be either or both. Yeah. Right? And I mean, honestly, there have been times where just in my you know, musing and daydreams, I've thought, you know, the plants were here first. The plants and the fungi, they were here first. I don't know which of those two was first, be- you know, the, before the other, but they were there. They were here. And eventually we came along. And I think we came along so that we could carry the seeds for them so that we could fertilize them when, you know, not only with our eating, ingesting and, and pooing, but also with our death. You know, we all, no matter how you choose to do the like funeral or burial or burial at sea or any of that, you still return to the earth. The body always ends up back in the earth. Every part of it does. So I was like. We're here for the plants and it, it behooves them to take care of us too so that we can do a better job of carrying them and spreading them and feeding them and, yeah. you know, balancing the air. Cause I mean, they breathe carbon dioxide. We breathe oxygen. We have a synergistic relationship. We do. And, and I think that uh, that's been forgotten over the yeah. centuries 
because in the beginning we couldn't even when the first Americans came to this this country, yeah, they brought dandelion. The dandelion is not a native yes. to the United States, right? So they brought dandelion and nettle seeds and these weeds that people hate now because those were critical to survival to those people. Yeah, so dandelion is the first plant that comes up in the spring. One of them, nettles too, and those feed you with nutrients and medicine when you need it the most when the yeah. winter is over and it's cold and and there's no food around the food's run out so. yeah yeah in this area lemon balm is one of the ones that's you know pioneers foot trail but it also has been adopted by native peoples here or was early you know was a long time ago because it really helps during the sad season it really really helps you get through the dark months and yeah. it and it stays green here where I live pretty much year round, which makes it a lot you know it's it's, it's accessible. And it yeah. dies from the heat where I live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's we we humans brought that here, and I would bet that when the first peoples came to Turtle Island, they carried seeds with them along the way, and they carried plants with them along the way because it was practical for them, and they weren't going to be making these this trip, this you know whatever, how many thousands of mile trip in just a few days like we do now. They mm -hmm. <laughs> they will be making it over months and years and generations. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. So what is the most practical way that you teach people when you're, when people are getting started or working with plant medicines from a spiritual perspective, but also a practical perspective? What, what is it? What's the approach you like to take? So what I like to do is very simple. Mm -hmm. I say, taste everything, taste it and get to know it. Um, one of my exercises that I started with that I find that my students still find very helpful to them is to um, take one plant and learn it over a month. Now, yes. as we said in our last discussion, yeah, learning herbalism, really learning it is not something you learn in two weeks right? or two years. It takes decades. So if you take one plant a month, that's 12 plants a year that you know intimately well. Yeah. So you, I encourage them to taste it make food with it, make tea with it, make tinctures with it, make salves with it. And really, I tell them to put it under their pillow and dream with it. So nice. there, and meditate with it. These are all really important ways to get to know that plant, not just as it's medicine, but for spiritual properties as well. Because once you're really intimately involved with that plant, you really, you get things that you don't get just by reading a book. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. People talk about the plants speaking to them, and I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about. Right. Once you, if you live with that plant for a whole month, and that's all you're studying about and interacting with, you get to know that plant so intimately, you form a, like a bond with this. And, and I encourage people to talk to their plants, to talk yeah. to the, talk to the herbs and, and see if they talk back. I mean, some people that doesn't work for them, but by meditating with the plant or praying with the plant, that's pretty much the same thing. And you can still have that connection with it that you can't get just by, you know, reading something or watching something on YouTube. That is true. And if you've taken the time to do that, like by the end of the month, if you just touch the plant, just hold it in your hand, 
you'll feel that resonance. I remember when you were first, um, when I first was seeing you years ago, you said something about how you could not even, you were looking for a specific tincture at that time and then found the bottle was out or nearly out. And you were like, okay, well, I just, I'm just going to bring in the energy of the plant. And at the Ooh. time I was like, you're going to what? <laughs> you know, cause you had been putting all these drops on my wrist of all the everything else. And you're like, and then you just held my hands, but I felt the shift in the energy and I saw the plant yeah. and I knew that what you were doing, I understood then, but it was the experience of having you do that and yeah. say that you could do that, that made the difference. Yeah. You, you know, I've, I've never encountered that before with any other herbalist that, that, that did that. He was yeah. the only one that's ever done that. The oh, like, wow. the drop to the drops and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Interesting. Wow. It really, cause you can actually feel the pulse change. You can feel the, you can see the face change. I mean, yes. I've had people's complexions clear up. I've had people's wrinkles disappear. Yeah. That's another magic book I have to write. Oh Yeah. <laughs> look younger with herbs no because it's possible <clears throat> yes it's actually possible um you in, in old grimoires they talk about um alchemy right you talk yes. about sacred alchemy and how you can take you know turn stone into gold whatever i'm not into that i want to look young forever right yeah <laughs> most women will agree with me i don't even if they're not vain you know still it's just yeah we want to look good right yeah so part of it is you can actually change people's faces just by using some of the herbs, you know, just helping them. And that, is that magic? Maybe, but it works. I'm okay with magic. I'm okay with a little practical magic. That's right. Me too. (laughs) But there is a lot of things you can do. And the the dropping the tinctures on Patrick, dropping the tinctures on your arm. That's something Matthew Wood taught me. And, you know, as far as feeling the energy change in the, the pulse, I teach my clients to do that too. So, yeah. you know, you're testing your pulse. I say, pick up your supplement, pick up your, you're going to go buy this, you know, $300 supplement from Am- the Amazon jungle, pick it up and feel your pulse and see how it reacts. Because if it reacts, you know, in a good way, well, then maybe you need it. But if it doesn't react or has a bad reaction, bad reaction being your pulse gets all wonky and you know, irregular and unhappy feeling, then you, and those are kind of the words I use to make a simple paper. If you do that, you can actually save yourself a lot of money too. On that is true. That is true. It's, you know, our bodies have a lot of inherent wisdom. They really do. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think part of what made us different in the story of the plant people and the animal people and than us is that we, for whatever reason, decided to have this heady part, this thinking part, and then the body part, and we don't have them fully integrated. Like plants have them absolutely fully integrated. Plants know through and through immediately. They never question themselves. They don't doubt themselves. They know the sun's here and I want to open up to it. The rain's there and I want to draw it near. (laughs) You know, I mean, I want to reach for it with my roots, whatever. Where and and animals for the most part seem like they often are. They definitely have a thinking part, but they are very comfortable with letting their body's wisdom guide them. Right. If you look at bears in the forest, which I have a lot of, where I live, <laughs> you can see they gravitate to what they need for medicine. Yes. They actually, if they if they feel sick or something, they'll go towards a certain grass in the forest. 
And you can tell because then they'll get sick and, you know, you can find their scats, diarrhea type scat, or, the, you know, vomit in the forest next to the grass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you can find bears sleeping in passion flower. Oh, so passion sweet. flower vines are invasive where I'm at, so which is oh. great, right? But the bears will fall asleep, and the bears and the deer will fall asleep in patches. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we had, there was a place we lived here for a short while that had a hill of like cleavers. It was just like this whole hill, cleavers and miner's lettuce. And it was beautiful. And the deer would bed down in the cleavers, just like the old book said, they actually did bed down in the bed straw. Yeah. 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 It's amazing how that works. Nature already knows what it's supposed to do with these things. We have brains that don't really connect us necessarily with nature. So, Yeah, but through the plants, we can start to rekindle that connection and, and listen yeah. to our bodies and start to know know them and know ourselves at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So is there any plant that you say you would recommend or suggest is a really, really good one for people who want to learn how to make that connection? Mm, there's a couple. Um, mm, a really strong plant is nettles. Nettles. So, and, and I say that because if you screw up, it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a bit of a sting and it lasts. It won't yeah, let you forget. It's true. You'll never forget it again. So, but it's a good plant to work with because it's ancient. Right. Yeah. It, it's very old. The, Plant spirit is very old. Mm-hmm. the the uh, The memory that's in the plant is is really going to get you to where you need to go. Yeah, and you can use it in so many ways. So, like, you can make you can make rope out of it. You can make shoes out of it. You can make clothing out of it. I've never made clothing out of it, but I did attempt to make a pair of shoes, and that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought seriously about um, harvesting nettle in the fall or the you know late season, and then going through the whole redding and all of that, so that I could spin yarn from it. I haven't yet done it, but I've, I've thought about it. I'm sure Patrick won't like that because a redding is very smelly, as far as I understand. It's a, a smelly oh. process. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, my craziest thing I ever did was I took mullein. You know, the torches, the mm-hmm. when the dried stalks yeah. made Roman torches. Ooh. So I dipped it in. I got some land. I found a, an original recipe from the Romans where they, for a festival, they dipped the, the, the mullein, the dried stalk, in lamb's tallow. Oh, wow. So I was in Minnesota, and I went to a, a butcher, and I got lamb fat. So mm-hmm. I made my own tallow. Nice. I made it in the house, which I would really never recommend you do. No, no, that's an outside experience. That is an outside. Yes, deal. <laughs> we've made tallow soap, and that needs to be done outside. outside. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I did it inside, which was a mistake. But yeah. I had herbalists. I had like really experienced herbalists coming over my house, going, "I can't believe you're doing this. I've never done anything like this." And I'm like. This is how you learn and, and yeah. you, know, you learn how to use them. So I made ones made with paraffin wax and I made some made with straight tallow. And then we went out camping and we burned them. Nice. And the tallow ones sank really bad. I don't see how the Romans put up with it, but, you know, that's all they had. 
Oh, yeah. But it was very interesting to do and actually use them in, you know, processionals or lining the pathways yeah. in the campground. It's quite interesting. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that people from the Roman era had a very different sense of smell than we do, to be honest. I mean, they talk about things like rubbing gladiators sweat on their bodies so that they were as a perfume. And you've got to think about, I mean, the gladiators often would have been eating very clean diets because there was no McDonald's. You know, they didn't have Laffy Taffy. <laughs> they just, you know, <laughs> these things weren't an option. And some of them, depending on which area you're from, were like vegan. So their sweat would have been very clean. It wouldn't have been like the stinky stuff we think of as a locker room today. Yeah, and for I, I don't know, they ate a lot of lamb. They ate a lot of lamb and, and they did eat a lot of meats. Yeah, some so. of the yeah, there were there were some sects of them that did and there did were more vegan mm -hmm. as far as I've understood. But okay. but I think a majority of them I would assume ate a meat and vegetable diet just like everybody else. You know, the same oh, thing. Yeah, sure. sure. And so I'm thinking, yeah. you know, this is what you're doing is you're rubbing this sweat all over your body as a perfume. I mean that's a really different sense of smell. I can't imagine anybody today thinking that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah but they have pheromones. They sell pheromones. And yeah. so pheromones come out and sweat. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, any ideas? On you. I was going to say, any ideas for an herbal deodorant, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual deodorant. Spiritually cleansing herb that makes good deodorant. <laughs> I think Patrick's getting a little uncomfortable. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. Oh, he's just happy we didn't choose women's medicine for today's topic. Hey, you you can do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I'm I'm here. Are you looking for a store that specializes in herbal products for health, beauty, your home, and even magic? TheRealHerbMarket.com is that store. You can choose from multiple sellers to select the best herbal products from real herbalists that care about you and your needs, all under one roof with one checkout. No need to hunt and peck for herbal products on the other marketplaces. You'll find only herbs, herbals, and herb-inspired products at The Real Herb Market. So... We've got some ideas for like using nettles in a fiber form, but what are some other ideas that people might want to consider for working with nettles if they're working on trying to really get the spiritual connection piece? One thing I recommend to people is, is um, sleeping with it. So like I mentioned that before, yeah. obviously you want to make sure it's dried or steamed before you put it on your pillow. Yes, because right? you don't want the sting on your cheek. Yeah, so you have right, you're literally oil. you're literally saying put the herb on the pillow, lay on the herb. Or you know, in a pillow, you can put it in your pillow. It's still okay, gonna sting okay. you if you, if yeah, you don't. Yeah. We have you, people do things. You don't know when you say put it on your pillow, they're gonna you, lay down <laughs> on a nettle and get all stung up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're saying don't be fresh because fresh yeah. nettle is what stings you. If, yeah. if you dry it, the uric acid goes away. And if you steam it, it also goes away. So you would take dried and you would put it in a pillow or in a little bag, you know, like a little muslin bag and stick it in your pillow and really just dream with it. It's amazing what the plants take you on this journey. Yeah. I mean, they will take you on a journey and you will see things and, and, and 
really connect with them like you had never thought that would happen before. I've asked other herbalists, have you dreamt with this herb? And a lot of them haven't. Well, some of them have. And you, once you realize that, you know, you can go on visions, vision quest type things with a plant, um, it is amazing. I mean, it's really, truly, deeply spiritually amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how many things that you can discover, not only about the plant, but about yourself and what the plant has has to offer to reflect back to you or to teach you. Right. Exactly. And then you mentioned that both bear and deer like, um, was it metal? Passion flower. Passion flower. Yes. Yes. And I've heard Matthew Wood talk about medicines. And I remember for one, one of the ones I do remember is that like OSHA is a bear medicine. Right. So would passion flower then be like a bear or a deer medicine? Does that work that way? It doesn't really. Um, the bears, they, you're going to laugh at this. The bears eat the fruits, right? Yeah. And they, they, then they poop the seeds out. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's more like they're, they, they lay there and they just eat around the plants and they fall asleep in it because it's so delicious and it's relaxing. Yeah. Right. That's not maybe the same thing as what Matthew ta- Matthew talks about spirit medicine, plant spirit medicine, um, and the deer maybe um, I think it's probably closer because it's, it's for anxious and yeah. you know people who are you know worked up um, and deer are very anxious and jittery, yeah. um, obviously because people are hunting them all. Well, yeah, I mean their their eyes are on the side of their head. Their nervous system is you know they have two brains. And it, they, so oh, just, they yeah, like birds, the same thing. I mean, it's one, one physical brain, but the process of the information that's processed by each eye is processed mm-hmm. independently. Like in birds, oh, they see, that's why birds, when they're resting, you'll see a bird resting with one eye open. And then 20 minutes later, they close that eye and open the other. And you mm-hmm. can never tell unless you happen to be looking straight on that they're doing this. Cause you'll just see their eye open and a little bit later it closes. And you think, oh, they've just fallen asleep, but no, the other eyes open. Oh, it's cool. it's a defense mechanism that allows them to create, you know, that when you're falling asleep and you've got just that vague idea of what's going on around you, the eye that's open has that and is paying attention to make sure no no predators or anything happen, nothing happens. That's that's and yeah, so um, all of the animals who have eyes on the side of their head have that dual brain thing, but then that's a nervous system that's got more reactivity because it's so much input it's got to process all the time wait and it's funny because the passion flower is a nervous um system plant so i've used that for nervous anxiety nervous system but also um nerve pain yeah so people who have um sciatic nerve pain it works great on anything with nerves in the back so it's a really amazing plant the last time I went to Minnesota to teach with um, a Matthews class, I took a, a you know, because I have it growing in my yard. It's actually invasive in my yard. I must need it, right? Because it's yeah. invasive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's invasive in my yard. And my yes. half acre is covered in passion flower oh. and goatee. So oh. I have a lot of it. So I just grabbed a whole big hanging and pulled it off the tree. And I filled half a suitcase with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I I stuck it on the plane and brought it with me to a class I was teaching. Nice. Because I think that, you know, the only reason, like we say, the 
the way you get to know a plant, a dried herb is not really the best way, right? No. Because no. it's not, it's not in its natural state. But if you yeah. take something that's fresh, you can really learn from it. Like if you look at passion flower, it has tendrils, right? The, yeah. the tendril around things to climb, and that indicates nerves. So yeah. you don't see that in the garden. Right. Yeah, you don't. You don't. And I I like the complexity of the flowers. I mean, they're just the colors and everything. It's very complex. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that paired with the nervous system, I mean, it's an overwhelmed nervous system. Yeah. With, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really amazing plant. Yeah. I need to use it more. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the ones that I have been thinking about trying to grow in my yard I've known people here that grow it successfully. You know, so it certainly can grow in our climate. Um, but because it climbs the way it does, it's a matter of like, well, do I get rid of the hops or the grapevines? You know, I've only got so much fence space. <laughs> you know, how am I going to get this thing to grow here? I haven't grown up the side of your house. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we we've already had a few arguments about the Lonicera, the jasmine, and the clematis that are on the trellis next to the house. <laughs> so. yes, it has some of that, that Carolina jasmine it grew it's on the roof at this point. So oh, wow. I gotta pull it down. Nice. Hate nice. to do it, but you know, it's invasive, it's you know, take it over. Yeah. in my house, so I have to be careful. You do have to be careful, yeah. Here, I haven't yet tried anything like faux tea. I've thought about it. I love that herb, but I've only encountered it dried. And only, I'll like, the some, dried root. I'll oh. send you some, I can send you some plants. Oh, I would love that, because, yeah. Wait, yeah. is that kind of illegal, you know, live? No. Sending plants, invasive species, and... No, it's not invasive <laughs> in Oregon. Blackberry. <laughs> yeah, blackberry, that's invasive here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah, we'll send you some of that back. Oh, <laughs> oh. the and we do have, we have invasive blackberry here, but one of the things I've noticed in here, like in our little city area is that we have a lot of people who come here who have a lot of dietary things going on. I mean, we've got like every possible, oh, I'm vegan, oh, I'm vegetarian, oh, I'm, what is it, ortho-lacto-vegetarian. I mean, they've like got all these different, oh, I eat all the vegetables except not anything that's red. Or, you know, people you, have you every every dietary thing under the sun. When you have a potluck here, you have to label your Everything. full ingredient list, yeah. and you do need to actually say whether it was prepared in a kitchen that has grain in it. And so, oh, yeah. Because we have a lot of- You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And what is Blackberry for? Digestive issues. Exactly. And it's invasive as all get out here. Prolific. I mean, everywhere. There's nobody- I must need it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I find that- I find that really interesting to see because that's what the plants do is they pop up where they're needed. They do. All plants are like that. And yeah. it's climate a little bit, but yeah. you know, it, it's also, the, you know, faux tea is a subtropical vine. Yeah. So it's kind of like kudzu. It's kind of invasive, right? Yeah. But even kudzu is medicinal and for food. Um, with kudzu, you take the root and it makes a great starch. So instead of cornstarch, you can make kudzu root starch. 
Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also for alcoholism. So yes. someone who's an alcoholic, you, you give them tincture of the root. Amazing. So it really nice. has its purpose as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It's only invasive because we don't use it. If yeah. we were to use it like we use, you know, I don't know, um, salt palmetto berries, right? Right. If we yeah. use it like that, then we wouldn't have excess. So where I live, it's um, it just recently this year became illegal to harvest soft palmetto berries without a license. Wow. Because yeah. people are going into the forest to collect berries, which feed the bears. Right. And they take those berries and they sell them for like, you know, a dollar a pound or something. Like you know, it's less mm-hmm. than that, maybe fifty cents a pound. They sell them to these, you know, people who sell it to a drug company yeah. or, you know, someone who makes supplements. And so, you know, you get, you know, pennies on the pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And this drug company is charging $35 for soft palmetto berries. Right. So yeah. there's a little difference again. Yeah. And that's actually, that's one of the, like, dangers when you start talking about wildcrafting um, because, you know, too many people doing it can end up killing, especially people who have not taken the time to observe and learn how to do it properly and realize yeah. that this whole thing of take only a small percentage of the plants you find isn't just a spiritual thing, though it is, but it's also a very practical thing. It you is. It is. If you're in a heavily populated area, you may come and take 10%, but someone else may take 10% and someone else may take 10%. And then all of a sudden that stand is gone. Yeah. Um, you have to be, uh, I think as a, as a world, we have to be aware of, you know, you see these plant families, they live together, a whole bunch of plants, you know, living in one little area. Yeah. Not to wipe out that whole family, that whole stand. Right. Um, the same thing's happening with white sage right now. It yeah. used to be very plentiful growing on the plains. We had it in Minnesota. We have it all over the place. But now people are over harvesting it so that they can just sell it to make a profit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's free. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. 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 Didn't and cost them anything. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yes, I, after learning from you and then doing all the studying and exploring and experimentation I've done through the years and working with other teachers and that, one of the things I learned how to do was to ask the plants. So look here, I don't do a lot of wildcrafting because there are so many other people doing it in this area. And for the most part, the herbs I need tend to be the ones that pop up, whether I like them or not, in my yard. So I'm going to go with mostly that. And then I might purchase herbs from reputable farms, growers, that sort of thing. Uh, but when I go for mushrooms, I do that every year, or I am aim to do that every year. Last year, not so much because of wildfires, but, you know, I and I always ask the mushrooms as I enter the woods if it's okay. And if I'm not finding what I'm looking for, I ask the forest for that. But if it's not right and it's not good, don't let me find it. Help me to not yeah. find it so that that way I don't accidentally harm you know so that i'm always respecting it and that's good but with mushrooms the, the fruiting body the whole the part that's alive is underground oh yes yeah the mycelium network is the important part but a lot of the mushrooms that i might be picking the animals of the forest also pick so sure. in our area chanterelles are you cannot step when they pop up usually you can't 
like take a step without stepping on chanterelles. There's so oh, many. Nice. So nice. chanterelles, I think, give thanks for the abundance and I give thanks for them. I don't worry about that. But some of the other mushrooms, like we have, we do have amanitas, the muscaria, and then the panther ones, the yellow yeah. and the red. And yeah. occasionally there will be a lower crop number of crop of those in the actual like woods, woods, not in town. Cause in town we have them, but in the woods, I know that there are some animals that do actually eat them healthfully. It's a good thing for them. And those are the ones, one of the ones that frequently I may not be able to find, even though I know I've seen them. I know they're up and about. I know it's the right season. Yeah. I know I've seen them in this area. And if I'm, if it's not the right time for them, for me to harvest them, then right. I, then I often, I won't find them or I'll just get a feeling when I see the mushroom, I'll, you know, admire it, but know that somehow this needs to be here for somebody else. So I need to leave it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it. You know, really just have that connection with the plants and then you know what you're able to harvest. If you just go and just randomly harvest stuff without yeah. a connection, you don't know. Right. Right. And I have found that a lot of times that moves, that translates also into the herbal pantry when I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm looking for something to deal with, you know, insomnia right now. And I have many different nervous system herbs in my cabinet, which is the right one today. <laughs> you know, I have many you know, insomnia potential herbs, which is the one. And it's, so it's like knowing the spiritual of the plant, the spiritual side often helps me recognize of the 10 before me, you know, these three are the ones that are actually calling. Yeah, exactly. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell you too. Uh, this one thing, I don't know if I've taught you this. Um, when I see a client, sometimes I'll hear something go, okay. Um, Someone wants to be listened to, right? So I'll put my hand over the top of the tinctures because I have them in, you know, boxes, you know, plastic for me to alphabetically. So I'll put my hand over it and someone will pop up and say, me, 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 take yeah. me. And so, and it's funny because what happens is I will, I'll tell you a story of blueberry. So I had this one client and this blueberry was just going, me, it was the fruit. It said, me, 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 me. And I'm like, okay, I don't get it. What, right. what is this? Clinically, I don't see it. I don't see yeah. what the connection is. I know what blueberry does. I know what it's, you know, able to do. But then I said, I told Lily, I said, you know, there's, for some reason, this blueberry is telling me that you need this, this, this medicine. And I said, well, and I said, this is what it's used for. And it's one of the things it's used for is bruising, weak circulatory, um, systems. But it also is a spiritually protective plant, so it can actually protect you against harm, um, especially um, abuse, mm -hmm. right? So I told her this, and she goes, oh, my God. She like, how did you know it's being abused? Oh. I was like, I did. <laughs> the plant told me. <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah. like, and she's like, about six months ago, her boyfriend, at six months prior, her boyfriend and her got into a fight and she put her hands up like this across mm -hmm. to protect herself and he grabbed her arms and threw her across the room. So she had these giant bruises oh. on her arms and on her shoulder where she landed and she was in pain for like, I don't know, two months, she said. And the bruises really just went away right before she saw me. And then she said, well, her boyfriend and her broke up 
And then they got back together and they broke up. And he was trying to get back together with her again. Oh. And, oh I'm going to tell you, and I, and I did the, you know, okay, this is, this is friendly advice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, from a woman who had never put up with that crap ever. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, um, this is what this plant is for. And it's telling me it wants to protect you against yeah. getting hurt. Yeah. And she's like, oh, they do that? And I go, yes, sometimes. Yeah. And so I put it in her formula and she, and she'd been back and forth with this guy for years, right? Yeah. He beat her severely enough where she got injured. She went back, back and forth, back and forth. She finally broke up with him. And so within nice. like three weeks after she started taking the pictures, she got the internal fortitude, right? The nice. Same. I'm not putting up with this anymore. No more. Nice. Yeah, that's it's beautiful how they can nudge us in just the right direction. I mean, so yeah, yeah. And it was it was like because I did not expect that. I wasn't. Right. I, I didn't know. I was like, this is what it's used for. I go, oh, by the way, spiritually or you know, emotionally, it's used this way. It's like she was shocked that I knew. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> well, I do now. <laughs> Sounds like you could do a podcast. All your stories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have so many stories. These people, and it's I've been blessed because they they really taught me. I mean, how to be an herbalist, the plants. I didn't. I mean, I learned. I did my part, but they are the ones who taught me the plants. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones who help people. I just facilitate. Yeah. I just facilitate their healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the experience of being, having someone, you know, come to me and want, want herbs. And before they even really have a chance to say anything, a couple of herbs will, you know, pop up and, and just, I'll start seeing them. So then I'll look at them. I'll be like, okay, well, you know, this is the herb that I'm seeing. And I'm thinking this, this is the herb I'm seeing. I'm seeing chamomile over and over. So let's talk about your digestive system. How's that going? Let's talk about, you know, how do you, how does it make you feel when your stomach's upset? And then oftentimes it'll be something like, oh, come to find out they get super cranky and, you know, just have no tolerance for, you know, certain, whatever the thing is, the trigger is. And it's chamomile was telling me where to look and how to really, you know, we've only got a short time together, how... How am I going to use, how am I going to ask questions that will narrow down and help them fastest? And it's the herbs coaching me right through it. I mean. Yeah, they tell you. You, If you have that connection with them, Mm -hmm. they will tell you. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key, having that connection. Yeah. And it's, I mean, for me, it's all come from doing exactly what you said, spending a lot of time with each herb in, in as many forms and ways as I can. You know, oh. there have been times like Foti is an herb that I have used, but I've never been able to meet it in the wild. I've never seen a live Foti plant or anything. So it's in my garden, come visit me. I know, <laughs> I know. And in the winter, though, it's not not in the summer. Oh, you're tempting me, man. <laughs> well, you know, you can yeah. always stay longer when you go. Yeah, exactly. Add a few extra days to my next Florida trip. You should, and come visit me in the forest. I'll take you on the wild walks. Oh, see, fun, you know, be fun. 
It feels like you're in, it feels like you could almost see dinosaurs walking across the, <sighs> the field in front of you. Wow. That's in Ocala National Forest. It's so ancient looking and it's, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. So. Uh, it's very tempting. Hey, you watch out. I might be, I might be doing exactly that. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop you up with passion flower vine and oh, yeah. some tea. All right. Oh, Actually, like I get to meet him. I get roots that are like this big. Holy cow. Yeah, when I by the time Foti gets to me, it's always you know down shredded down into small bits, and I mean I have okay. So if people have are in that position like I'm in, what would you recommend for getting to know the herb when when the only way they're really going to access it is through a dried herb? Let's say same thing. You just make a tea, meditate. It's still the plant. The spirit mm-hmm. is in the plant. Yeah. Um. It doesn't go away just because it's dried and cut and sifted. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. One of my approaches is I try to remember to make myself feel or allow myself to get back into that. Like, remember when you had your imaginary friend? Let that part of yourself out. Let her come out or him come out and and visit with the plant like we're buddies as you're sipping the tea or something like that, because that helps to invoke that playful nature, which is where the plants live. They Mm -hmm. are all, I mean, even the serious plants also live in that playful place, you know? Yeah. There's some serious ones out there. That's for sure. There sure are. So Don, how can people find you? Um, They can go to my website, Dawn's Enchanted Garden. Um, I'm also teach at Matthew Woods Institute of Healing and, and, you, and you have a book available, right? I do. I have a book on Amazon called Dawn's Enchanted Garden or Dawn's The Enchanted the Garden. The Enchanted Garden, a spiritual herbal. Sorry. <laughs> do you have any social media that you do or no? I do. I'm on Instagram under Crescent Moon Studio. Okay. And I'm on Facebook. Same thing. On Dawn's okay. Enchanted Garden. Okay. Great. And and they could find those links on your website to those oh, yeah. to those socials. Okay. Perfect. So like always, last time you were here, we end the podcast with our tagline. Do you remember what it was? Put a herb on it. There you go. So ready? One, yep. two, three. Put, Put an herb on it. <laughs> The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.